Hello, friends. Um, it's been a minute, but I'm back uh, here on my show where I interview dope-ass people. We talk about dope-ass shit on my dope-ass podcast. And today I have Jessica Zweig. I am so excited to talk to her, you guys. She is just one of those people that every conversation you have is like speaking directly to your soul. Um, she's just filled with love and inspiration and vibrancy. She's amazing. Um, she's also my personal branding expert, and I just look to her for all the things. Uh, today, our conversation, a lot of times our conversations are super light and fun, and that's just not how it was today because of the you know tone of the world. But I think there's a lot of good lessons and um, things that you can take from this episode. We talk about just uh, the heaviness of 2020 and the gifts we got from quarantine, as well as our you know road to allyship um, and our white privilege that we, you know, perhaps been ignoring and how we just really want to turn that around. So without further ado, I welcome Jessica to the studio. Welcome Jessica to the show. I'm so excited to have you like a long, a long time coming. Yeah, for sure. But I am so excited to be on your show. It's like so full circle and cool. Thank you for having me. It's so cool. Of course. Thank you for coming. Well, I thought so. I'm going to talk a little bit about how I met you, and then you can say a little bit about what you do. And then I think we should just get into it and have a super organic conversation Love about it. 2020, spiritual bypass. Let's just get into it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Light topics. <laughs> yeah, light, light topics. We, w- we won't talk about murder hornets. We'll, we'll no. keep that out. Right. So light, light listening for your folks today. <laughs> I feel like people are kind of over light stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know. I certainly am. I am too. All right, so let's do it. Okay. We're we're going to do a warning. If you if you don't if you don't want heavy, skip this one. Watch <laughs> the Tiger King. Um all right, so Jessica, I met you because I went to one of your amazing workshops about personal branding. And I was involved in personal branding and I didn't even know that's what I was doing. And so when I got to your workshop, it helped clarify what I was trying to do. I was doing it. I think this is true for a lot of people, right? They, they're kind of doing it, but they don't know what they're doing. Yep. And so then you sort of help clarify what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how it's making an impact. And then once you get that, you can sort of do it intentionally. Yes. What You explain it. You're so much well, better at explaining it. I don't it. need to explain it. You just did it so beautifully. <laughs> that was perfect. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. Good. I mean, I think that people are so close to their own brands that they don't see it's it's hard to do this work and build your message and understand what your platform is about in a vacuum and so most people do it pretty what you know organically if you're being authentic it can be done well but it usually takes an outside eye to to give you perspective to shine a light on what you could do more of and where you're not leaning into and and how to position yourself more clearly and that's really what we do at Simply Be amongst a whole a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, I think that personal branding has such a mixed perception of it being an act of ego and like self-promotion. And you've got to think you're like a mini celebrity if you want to build a platform called you. And I have the exact opposite view. It's about being in service. It's about building a platform so that you can use your voice to make the world a better place. And so I think you really resonated with that because I know you and I are very vibrationally aligned when it comes to that stuff. And so, so yeah, that's, I mean, I had a big ass girl crush on you long before you came to my workshop. And when you came to my workshop, I was like, Andrea Levoff is here. I have to bring my A game. Uh, and, you did amazing. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. And yeah. so I'm grateful that we're, you know, we're friends, we're partners, we're, we're sisters on a lot of levels. So I love, I love our story. I do too. And why do you think, so why do you think it is that, that personal branding gets such a bad rap? I think because when it's done poorly, it's really done poorly. It really puts people off. Absolutely. I think it's, it gets a bad rap for two reasons. And I'll tell you them both. First is what you just said. I think that there's a, a big influencer culture and a reality TV culture and a social media culture that is inauthentic to a large degree, not entirely, but to a large degree. And so it gives this space of branding a bad name. I think that's what why people are quick to judge it. 
I also think that the reason why if I really were to like, dig down into what I really think it's about for people, I think people feel unworthy of putting themselves out there. I think people feel imposter syndrome and ask themselves, who am I? Why would anyone care? And so they have to give it a story that it's that's not something I would do instead of owning that actually that's probably something they want to do more than anything. And they just don't have the belief in themselves that they can. Right. And so when they see other people doing it, it triggers them to judge it. And they're actually judging themselves. Yeah. Wow. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. That's, I do think about that when I see certain people and it bothers, you know, something bothers me or I get, um, triggered by it, it it does make me take a step back and think like, why, like, why is that? Like, and, and often, like you said, it's something that I'm either not owning in myself, good or bad, yes. right? It's like, yes, it's good and bad. Exactly. Good, I mean, pos- positive and, you know, quote unquote, positive and negative things. Like, yes, it's either how, um, how is she able to do that? And I'm not, or how, like, oh, she does that all the, you know, she's, look at her and her bikini, da, 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 uh-huh. and I'm, you know, I'm uh-huh. judging it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a famous, not a famous quote. It's like, I've seen it on Instagram. So maybe it's famous. I don't know. But, <laughs> I it is, yeah. <laughs> but there's a quote that I love um, and I might botch it, but it goes something like, your perception of me is a reflection of you. And my reaction to you is an awareness of me. Hmm. Not good. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Because we're all just one big walking projection. Like mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at the world through the lens of projection. And I think that it takes a confident person to really put themselves out there, you know? And not that confidence is a destination. We're always in that journey of believing in ourselves. But I do think that there has to be a level of self love that comes with building a personal brand because um, you've got to feel one, you're worthy and you have to be willing to kind of take take the projection and keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah, you know? for sure. And be willing to be a projection for other people, be willing to be that projection for other people. I think I don't I don't think I have a lot of people that follow me that give me negative projections. And I'm sure your tribe is much like mine. Like people always ask me all the time, what, what do you do when people comment negatively? Are you, and I'm like, I really don't get that a lot. Yes. I think it's because of our, our vibe, our you vibes. know, like the people that are attracted to us are not that kind of thing, you know? So, but I, I do, I do see that with other people. I see that. I say that all the time. I mean, your vibe attracts your tribe is actually, I believe a marketing term. <laughs> like, like, who you are being authentically, we're all energy, right? We, we we both know this, you and I are on that wavelength, but it's actually not even spirituality, it's science, right? We're all made of atoms and it's quantum science, but we're floating around and, you know, protons, neutrons, and electrons and everything is energy. And it's like a, it's frequencies either attract or repel, right? So when you're vibrating at a frequency that is so clear, whether that's, call it what you want. It's clear. It's fully embodied. You're going to attract more of that like-minded energy. Mm-hmm. So if you're vibrating at a high frequency of love, of fun, of humor, of motherhood, and all of the things that go with that, and your love for fashion and your, you know, but your down to earth, like playfulness with it, like you're going to attract that energy around you. And that's your tribe. So of course you wouldn't get haters because you're not vibrating with hate. You're vi- vibrating with love. And there might be people who hate hate what they see when they they just won't say it, maybe, or they'll think it and they'll go about their way. And that's actually awesome. Right. You know? Go on about your way. Go on about your way. <laughs> see you later. So what, see you, you say you say the word authenticity a lot. What like what does that mean to you? Because I feel like it's it's really thrown around. It's like a kind of a buzzword. Yes. And I don't know that everybody knows exactly what it means. Um, well, I just wrote a book about authenticity, so I can tell you all about my perspective. Tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, authenticity does get overused because everything we see is projection, right? Everything is manufactured. Everything has got perfect lighting. Everything is beautifully styled in an Instagram grid. 
everything is scripted and curated. So how do you decipher what authenticity is? And for me, authenticity is not about pleasing anyone. It's not about um, making people feel comfortable. It's not about perfect uh, anything. It's about unapologetic vulnerability and truth. Take it or leave it. So I want there to be a day where, where the word authenticity is so fucking overused because it's so prevalent. Like we should clap for the fact that authenticity gets thrown around a lot because that's all we're seeing. So people are just showing up real finally. So I was bullied and made fun of, and I never really had a, a very like stable um, house. Like my parents were great parents, but I didn't get a lot of um, adoration and like buildup from my father in particular. So I just grew up very insecure and didn't really find my security in, security in who I was as a person until much later in life, until like my late 20s, even my early 30s. And so I always craved finding community where I could find people like me who had like experiences that were similar to mine, traumas that were ex- sadness and heartbreak that were similar to mine. And not to say that the internet or life is a place where we just show up with our trauma, but if we're willing to be real about all of who we are, that's authenticity. And that is really when my whole life kind of changed when I was willing to show up with that honesty. And I was able to then call in people who could hold space, who were honest as well. And that's when my business took off. You know, that's when I met my husband. That's when I deepened my relationship with my friends. Like I became more empowered. So that's that's the long answer, I think, to what authenticity is to me. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I think too, like whenever we started this conversation, you were talking about brands and how personal branding can be in service. It's almost like you showing up in your authenticity and healing your, you know, trauma your past experiences, it enables other people to heal theirs as well. Yes. And that's the service part because yes. there's really not that many variations of trauma, right? I mean, there's there's a few, but like we all kind of come in with those same yes. kind of, you know, same ones to heal. And I've noticed for me when I, even when I see someone speak of something, even if it's a different situation that happened to me, just that like, just that bringing it up sort of like you said, in holding space, like just heals it collectively. Yes. You know, we used to say in, in our program, like every time an uh, unresolved issue is healed, it, it heals it for all of humanity. And I think that's so super powerful. I and just so, got the chills. Yeah. Yeah. And you inspire so many more people to be real and be Absolutely. authentic. I mean, that's like when I, when I see someone speaking authentically, I get, I get chills and yes. it's, it's really, um, it's not something that can be manufactured. No. And, and it doesn't come from their head. You know, it comes from their heart. It comes yeah, from their, that's huge. Their, their, their stomach, their body. Like you can tell when someone's coming from a place of soul and that, that is so true. I love what you just said about how, you know, yes, we're all different, but we're all fundamentally the same too, because we're human and we go through emotions and we have hearts that can be broken and we have hearts that can feel love. And that's the biggest principle of the universe is love. And we all want that. And we're chasing that in some shape or form. And I I have a chapter in my book, actually, the very first chapter is called embrace your shit. It's, it's like, why shit? Because everybody has shit. I don't care Mm -hmm. how rich you are, how attractive you are, how old you are, like shit is the thing that connects us. So when we're willing to show up with our shit, business, relationships, like opportunity, it it just unfolds because you're in alignment, right? With your right. truth. Right. So. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so completely true. And it's funny because I feel, well, and we can talk about more, this more, but 2020 hmm. has been such a year of <laughs> shit. for lack of a better word, right? For lack of a better word. But I do think that there's such an opportunity to use it. Spiritually speaking, Uh you don't grow necessarily in the happy times. You grow through the hard stuff. Girl. And we're being so prepared and the the soil is so ripe with, um, 
I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's just it's just so ripe for grist for the mill. You know, it's like this yeah. is all can be used. And so I'm curious to know, like, what have been your and this is a you know multi-layered question, but what have been your biggest learnings and challenges through this so far? Well, first, I'll say that to, to your point about soil, um, there's a quote. I usually don't quote people this much, but I will today. <laughs> Do it. Quote, um, it. quote it up. The uh, poet Anais Nin, she had a quote. She's the quote that says, in chaos, there is fertility. So it's like the soil is being fertilized. Like it's my friend Megan Taylor said it was like um, like it's like we're going through the birth canal. You know, it's contractions. It's fucking painful. You know, I I will just speak to what's really re- recent, relevant right now for me. And I'm I don't know when the show will come out, but you know, I imagine in the next few weeks or month or whatever, when people are kind of still coming out of quarantine, and it was like this, it was like this birth canal of blackness. It was like, what the fuck? Where am I? This hurts. I don't get it. What's the reason? And personally speaking, I skimmed right over that. I just was like, I'm fine. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to work and I'm going to make sure my business doesn't die. And I'm going to work my fucking ass off. And, um, I'm actually already an introvert. So I like not having to go anywhere. And I don't really ever experience FOMO anyway, because I, I love being home. So this is great. I'm just going to drink a little bit more wine and eat some snacks and gain seven pounds. And that sucks. But like, besides that, like, right. right. I'm cool. Um, and that was absolutely not the case. Um, I think everyone dealt with what just happened and is happening in their own ways. But for me, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. And so I'm very quick to say, oh, this is an amazing awakening. And I feel grateful that the planet is becoming conscious and this is all happening for a reason. And when you do that, you actually bypass the the human you who humanity of this experience, which is to be human is to feel, to be human is to hurt, to be human is to experience negative emotions as well. And so I bypassed it completely because I was so intent on like not feeling it. I didn't even realize I was running away from it. And I I think I said this the other day on my Instagram stories, (laughs) they're forever go gone. But I, I mentioned how it's like, um, when you're about to get sick physically, like I know I've had that experience where I feel like a tickle in my throat and I know I'm going to get sick, but I have a big event or something I'm launching or a project I've got to get through and I suck it up and I do the project and I pummel through and I feel totally fine. I don't feel sick at all. And then it's over and I crash. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what's happened to me on a spiritual and emotional and mental level in the last few weeks. Um, you have to feel it to transmute it. And I want to explain that actually for your audience. Yeah, please do. The the concept of transmutation is kind of still something I'm learning. Uh, but we, in order for the world to change, like, let's just go that big. Let's just go. Yeah. You right. We have to take what's not working, allow ourselves to feel it so we can process it to your point, learn from it, understand it. And part of that is to be in the pain so that we can release it, not to just say goodbye and like, I'm getting it out, but so that we can transform. Because if you, if you just skim over it or, you know, and if you let yourself be with it too much and like let yourself spin and hold on to grievances and just focus on the dark, then that's toxic too in its own way. But it's important to just constantly be with yourself and in, in your feelings and to meet yourself where you are. And that's what I think this pandemic has done for all of us is we've had to meet ourselves. We've had, we've had to be with ourselves and everyone is sort of doing that in their own time and in their own ways. But I think that's really what, what this is really in this now moment giving to people what it will mean. I think we have another couple of years before we really see the true impact of it. I agree. And I think it comes down to how many people are actually doing the work, right? I mean, how many how many of us are actually sitting with it? How many of us are actually seeing it as a gift? How many of us are actually awakening? Um, 
and that's not to judge and I'm, and I'm not to say that to judge the people who aren't you know totally. what I mean it's like totally you wouldn't judge um you know it's like it's like learning to walk you know like we're just getting up we're falling down and some people are just sitting there like little bobblehead babies and haven't haven't taken their first steps and some of us are walking and some of us are running and yeah you would never judge you know it's like is if we judge the people that aren't doing the work we're just as bad as the people that are not doing the work right because you're adding to the sum total of judgment on the planet absolutely and so i think it's just like it's such a for me like it's been such a blanket of understanding not not all the time i've certainly had my moments of like this is you know this shouldn't be happening this is wrong why is this happening why you know if if so and so would have done this sooner if lockdown would have been done this way but it's so important not to go into that because yeah. it just adds adds to the to the judgment and the murkiness um but for me it was sort of i kept every year i kept saying i really want to slow down i really want to take time I, and i'm sure i'm not the only one and I, I totally feel like someone someone up there was like, all right, so people keep saying this and no one's thinking and everyone's going, going, going. And this is getting worse. So let's send in the pandemic. You know what I mean? It's yeah. almost like God help us, you know, like here you are. Now you have to stay home. You have to think you have to go to your room. And I want you to think about what your life is and what you want it to be. And some people are choosing to think about it and some people aren't, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's pretty 50-50. Like there yeah. are people who I know are like really loving this and taking advantage of this moment and spending more time with their families and ner- and grounding. And and then there's other yeah. people who are just really um, completely like going about life as normal, but it's not normal. And we can't, we can't, we can't deny that. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You're right. Like we, if we weren't forced to sit still and stop life, we would have never done it. So in many ways, this pandemic, yeah, you know, is a gift. And I say that with such like caution because I've, I've, I've put content out there of being like, I'm so grateful that this is happening. And people are like, um, my family is dying. Like that's yeah. like, please don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just want to like call that out because I don't know about you, but my world of like COVID, it's not it's not in my world. Like, I don't know a lot of people that have it. I don't, I'm not surrounded by people who are in like a lot of fear around it, but people are. And yeah. it's, it's impacted a lot, obviously a lot of people. So, um, in like a true direct way with the, the with the virus. So for sure, for sure. I can, I remind myself of that, Andrea, like yeah. when people are yeah. like, how are you? I'm like, well, all things considered, I'm amazing. I'm healthy. Like I can work from home. I don't have to go out into the front lines to feed my family. Like, you know, I have a beautiful home I get to be in, like all things considered, right? I'm okay. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's so important to say. And I do, but I do think it's like, because I've heard that as well. And it's like, it's, I don't know. Have you felt guilt around it? Like, have you felt anything like, yeah. You know, here I am in this and I have the opportunity here. I have this opportunity to think spiritually, you know, like I have this opportunity to reflect and to to write yeah. my journal or to, you know, move my body. And it's just an interesting it's an interesting guilt thing. I know that a lot of my friends who are mothers have felt it. So I'm just wondering if you felt like that spiritual that spiritual yeah. guilt, as they say. Yeah, I've felt abundance guilt. Mm-hmm. Like we went to Florida Brian and I for a month and I felt so awful for the first two weeks being there because I didn't want people to judge me. Speaking of, we're always on the journey of like being afraid of people judging us, but I didn't, I didn't feel like worthy or not worthy, but I didn't feel right because there are people dying. There are people in this like middle of this horrible time that are you know, working 24 hours a day in hospitals, like, and I'm going to go to Florida with my husband for a month and he's going to golf and I'm going to lay out by the pool, which by the way, it wasn't like that. We worked like we were there just quarantining in a different house, but this was my story. And then, then this is hopefully to, to your question. So I was stressed out as fuck. Like I've had a very intense few months with my business and I was not myself in Chicago. I needed to get out. I needed that 
break. I needed sunshine. I needed mental, I needed to take care of my mental health. And I deserve that as much as anybody does, right? And so I had to kind of reckon with my guilt. Like it's, you're, we're all just trying to get through this. And what, and if, if spiritual connection and like really journaling and doing all the things like nourishes you and helps you to get through that, if going to a fucking house in Florida for a month nourishes you, if crying every day nourishes you, like whatever it is to take care of you, mm-hmm. we need to do that right now. And I think you're I absolutely agree. right. Like we're just judge, we just judge all over people don't we? Yeah, we really do. <laughs> I found though the most ju- the most judgmental people are the ones that judge themselves the harshest. Oh yeah. Right? I mean it oh, really yeah. it does make me take a step back and say, "Oh, where is that? Like if if I'm judging her for that, where is that in me?" Like we said earlier, the projections. And this is just, I mean, really it's just like a container, this little portion of 2020 and I don't know what's to come and I'm hoping it's um, a little bit lighter, but it really is. It's sort of like how we show up for one thing is how we show up for everything. Yes. And showing how we show up for the quarantine. Like, I'm going to guess that your pattern is to show up and get shit done. And to like turn it on, turn into work mode, grind it out. And so it's no, you know, it's no uh, surprise that that's how you showed up in the beginning of quarantine because so I just find it. It's a survival thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like right. my pattern is to probably like bl- kind of blow things off. Like be like, "Oh, it's no big deal." Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It'll work out. Like I almost take um the opposite road as you, which is interesting. Like I go immediately to the route of peace. Like, "Oh, it's fine. Like I just want peace. I'll do anything to preserve the peace." I'm a 9 on the Enneagram. All about peace. All about like keeping the peace. So that's that's my pattern. So I had to sort of I started probably in the opposite of you. Yeah. And then I sort of zigzagged in between peace, complete hustle, back to peace, you know, back to yes. like, but not true peace. It's almost like laziness isn't the word, but almost late, like almost like not true, like balanced peace. It's more like um, the the air of peace, but it's like in very inaction. Just very like, if yeah. that makes sense. I totally. don't know what the word is. But yeah. Well, the, I think it's bypassed peace is yeah, what it is. Peace. Like you yeah. were in peace, yeah. but you were bypassing it through peace. Yeah, exactly. Quote exactly. unquote peace. Like right. I was bypassing through hustle. You were bypassing through peace. Mm-hmm. To those listening, I would question and assume that everyone's bypassed this as well in their own ways, maybe consciously right. or unconsciously. Some people have bypassed it through, I don't know. Alcohol alcohol exactly eating like you know quitting their jobs because they didn't want to deal with the stress like who you know there's bypass comes in so many different so many different forms of really being with it and I think that's the call that we are now in like the whole you know George Floyd situation not, not to really go there but what there there were so many things obviously we can say about that but how I interpreted it it was like almost like on a, on a spiritual level, on a, on an energetic ethereal level, it like cracked the glass. Like we were all kind of holding our, our containers of this whole like survival. Let's get through this. And then that was just such a, an emotionally gutting hmm. time that we had no, at least that's what it was for me. It was such a catalyst of not only am I devastated about this situation, this, you know, horrible aspect to humanity that I've been blind to. And I need to recognize that, like all that came with that, but I've been holding in so many tears and grief and sadness and fear for like losing life as we knew it four months ago. And as great as it's been, it's still been sad. Yeah. Oh, so that's so, that's such a good point. Like I, cried so hard the other day when someone just and I described it like you know when a kid falls and they're fine and then you are like are you okay and they just yeah yeah yes someone someone gave me a hug the other day and it just the and I just felt so loved in that moment and so held I just 
I mean, the floodgates just came out and I feel like I cried. Like you said, like the George Floyd was for me and and because I'm not black and I'm not African-American and I'm not I didn't have that experience of being specifically repressed or have I had ever had the experience of being discriminated against or being pulled over for a ticket? You know, when I get pulled over for a ticket, I'm like, how can I flirt my way out of this? <laughs> totally. So I don't I don't not, have not that laugh, experience. Yeah. yeah oh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I just don't have that experience to draw from. Yep. But when I saw that video and I realized how much I had been. For lack of a better word, ignoring it because I didn't have that experience not being rude about it necessarily, but not really looking at it. Yes. It brought up, I brought up all those feelings that I should have been paying more attention to it. Combined with quarantine, like you said, like combined with a loss of of what we knew. And it was just this like storm of like grief and emotion. And it just all came bubbling out. And if someone doesn't have that. Yeah. Like I feel like if people don't talk about it and people don't have that experience of someone being able to hold them through that space, like maybe we could shift this and start talking about like things that we could do or think, you know, things that you did or things that I did that are helping us. I know we're still very much going through it, but specific things that people can do to like mm. to move through that. Totally. Or the, things that helped you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, book an appointment with your therapist immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, um, right? I, I know. I didn't all the quarantine and I booked three appointments in a row. I'm starting next Monday. I'm going to see her at least for the next three weeks straight. Probably book more after that, but like, see, like talk to someone like it is so, so important. Um, I think now that the, I mean, we're, we're based in Chicago, right? So I think like sunshine, like getting into vitamin D, like the sun is so honestly, so healing. Like I went to, um, the park the other day and I, it was the day of the protests and like my friends went and they invited me and I really wanted to go to be honest, but I was exhausted from the whole week. It was the week of, and I was just so drained. And I think it's a, it was not just from that week. It was like, I felt like, again, everything had just hit. I had crashed and I went to the park in my neighborhood and I earthed, like I, I got barefoot. I sat in the grass. I listened to some angelic music. I turned off my brain and I sat in the sun. And I think that really helped me feel grounded to the earth and then to like the sky, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. just little things like that. I mean, if you're, if it's accessible to you, like get out in nature, it can totally heal you. Um, Journaling for me is big. I, I don't put any pressure on myself to journal. It's like free from free form thought, you know, and whether it's a half a page or four pages, like I just will write and I always feel better when I'm done. I think crying, you know, like what you said about that person holding you and just like letting it feel like move through, let it move through you. I have a friend Lola who like screams, like she like yells and like moves anger and like frustration physically through her body so that it can release. So whatever, maybe that's like a fun, like dance you do to, you know, Robin or something in your house. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. You know, I love that song. It's <laughs> <laughs> my jam, but it's like, it's like move it, you know, move it, whether it's like with a therapist on the page, like in nature, get your body out in the elements or like physically move it. I think that's, we've been stuck inside it's all coming at us. Like what a fucking year. And we're, we're, we're human like beings. We're not human doings. We're human beings. And so we have to remember that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like what have been some good things during quarantine that you want to keep like habits or yeah. Such a good question. I, I, I mean, I've been spending more time with my husband um, which has been interesting because we've spent more time together in the last like few months than we have in our entire relationship. Like we're, we travel a lot. So I'm used to like not seeing him for stretches of time. Um, and that's part of that's been like nesting and like cooking and like being like healthier with like certain meals, like having that be, um, you know, something that we, we, we don't lose sight of, you know, I think being more, um, 
Like, girl, I've been so shitty to myself these last few months. Like I've have you? I've, yeah. Like I haven't been taking care of myself at all. Like I've taken care of everyone else first and me last. So I have enjoyed reconnecting with old friends, like making some space and time for them. But I don't know. I'm really excited to not be on fucking Zoom all day. I'm excited to yeah. like reconnect with people in the flesh. Like I really, really am. But I don't know. What about you? What are you excited to take with you from quarantine? I feel like because of the, my job or, you know, because of what I do, I feel like I was constantly running around, like just constantly, like being social was sort of my job, you know, Yes. events and feeling really obligated to go to this person's event because they went to mine and not necessarily enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like just kind of doing doing it for the gram, as they say, kind yeah. of, you know, like yeah. to have content. And I was so exhausted. And I realized that I wasn't putting my time and energy into the relationships that were really filling me up and nourishing me and making me better, you know, quite frankly. Like, and I just was sort of running around, like not really doing anything. Like, not not being replenished and also not being in action on like the things that I really want to accomplish. So it's helped me sort of clarify time is so I mean, time we could get into a whole podcast about time, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like time is so relative. Like, what is it? And I feel like this is really like, you know, I don't even know what day or time it is half the time now. And I realized in the beginning of quarantine time was going so fast. Even though I had nothing, even though I was doing nothing, it just felt like the days were just flying by. They really were. And I realized how intentional I need to be about time to accomplish what I want to accomplish and to like get clear on my dreams and to to realize if I want, you know, if I want a script written, I have to write it. I have to sit down and I have to take the time to write it. So I just feel like it's helped me get clear. And I really don't want to lose sight of that, you know, awareness. Um, That's great. Because and I now I just feel like when someone because, you know, restaurants are opening up and things are happening and you know, people are going to dinner and I'm realizing how I don't want to do it half the time. Yes. You know, like I just don't it's not personal. It's not it's not anything like I don't want to see. It's just like I don't I don't know. Like it's just it doesn't do for me, what it used to do. And perhaps it was a little bit of an escape, I think, in the past. And I'm realizing yeah. that because I don't I don't want to escape. I don't want a life that I want to escape from, Girl. I think, is what. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's really given me the time to be like, what do you want in your life? Who do you want in your life? And like, what do you want to create or co-create with someone? And I feel like that's really been the biggest thing for me. And I I will not let it happen where I'm just scheduling things over and over just to fill my day. I I so feel you. That has yeah. been a beautiful blessing as far as I'm concerned with quarantine too, is just the space to stop and slow down and con we're constantly in motion and not having anywhere to go has been such a breath of fresh air to the point where now that things are kind of opening up, I'm like, but like, it's been, it's kind of been nice. Like, I don't want to feel that, that pressure again, because I'm the same way. I, the amount of running around that I have done in my life, you know, my schedule is like yours, like insane. You know, I was that person. It's like, if you want to have lunch with me, like we can schedule it like three or four weeks away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that, because that was yeah. the fact. And now I'm like, I'm free. Like, when yeah. do you hang out? <laughs> like, literally. And it's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. And it's funny because nothing, like, there's really nothing that I've, you know, I used to do all, I'm not going to name certain things that I do, but like, there's certain services that I would have or things that I would feel like were so essential. Yes. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really need that. Like, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't need to do that or I don't. It's okay if I don't have my nails done. It's okay if I like, mm -hmm. you know, don't. There's there are certain things that I really love. My hair, but <laughs> <laughs> me too. We're both know, all about helped, our hair. It's, it's helped me clarify, I guess. Like, you know, priorities. what what's important? Priorities, yeah. yeah, priorities. Yeah. So that's been the good thing. I think this is like 
the holy gift of this whole thing mm-hmm. is we get to actually choose and we're not by default. And are these lives that we've built really ours? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Are they really, are they really by design or are they by default? Yeah. Or conditioning of like what we think, right. You know, we're supposed to do or, or be, or, you know, right. It's been a total recalibration of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for a while I thought it was such a good thing that I didn't realize how challenging it is too. You know, to right. really exactly. like reimagine yeah. everything we thought was important to us or was real for us. Right. You know? Yeah. It's been a huge lifting of the veil, I think, that, you know, yes. wasn't wasn't necessarily real, but felt very real in so many ways. And that's, you know, when that's lifted, you're sort of like, oh, wow. But then you kind of miss it as well, because there is a little bit of uh, bliss and ignorance, as they say. <laughs> There really is. But but once you're awake, the problem with being awakened is that once you're awake, you can't go back to sleep. I remember one of my like most powerful conversations I ever had in my life was years ago when I left my first business to start Simply Be. And I was out to coffee with a friend of a friend who was a life coach. And she and I were just talking over coffee. It was like a very casual date. And I was talking about my former business, right? Cheeky. And I was still running it at the time. And I said to her, kind of bragging, I was like, mm-hmm. I can do cheeky in my sleep. Like I'm so, I've got my business like so down. I can like do it in my sleep. And she looked at me and she said, why would you want to be asleep? Mm. And I was like, she's like, it's your life. Don't you want to be wide awake? And I think that's what we have been somewhat doing is we've been sleeping. Mm-hmm through For sure. normalcy and it's not it's not the way that it should be and we've been awakening right now in a lot of different ways a lot of di- for a lot of different reasons and i hope that it creates a lot of powerful change mhm for the better for sure for sure i think it will i think it it's just um it's going to take time, but I do, I mean, it starts with everybody, right? It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with everybody like showing up and doing the work. It's sort of like the George Floyd thing and the the blackout squares and all that. It's like, even I've had to remind myself like, okay, this is not something you're going to sleep on. Like, keep, keep thinking about this. Keep having the conversation. Keep, keep having that uncomfortable feeling where it's like, okay, now, now what, you know, now what do I do? Um, because that's, I think that's something that just it, it it can't be a social media trend. No, we can't I, let it. And and you and I, people like you and I, really have the responsibility to keep to keep bringing that up. I mean, I don't know how many people unfollowed me, but I know people did when I was posting that stuff. And like, um, fine, that's fine. Those people, fine, fine, leave. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not my people, right? And I've never felt that way about anything. You know, like I've always been super conscious about oh, I don't want to piss that person off. I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I've been a very even keeled kind of, um, kind of going back to my pattern of like wanting peace and my people pleasing tendencies and, and sort of like that. So, but this has been something that I feel very, very strongly about that. I don't want to let that conversation stop. It shouldn't stop. It should be lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. I, just had a black woman on my show, Dana Anderson. She's a friend of mine. And we, we had a really powerful conversation and I learned more from her in an hour than I learned on any, from anything that I've been consuming mm-hmm. from like books and internet. And one thing, and I don't know much, like I say that a lot. I do not know a lot about this yet. I mean, I, I hopefully will learn more and more every day, but I'm by no means an expert on this. But what I do understand is that allyship, which is what we're, um, what we're, really stepping forward into real allyship isn't a destination. It is a lifelong transformation. And it is, we're never going to be good white people. We're we're just, we're never going to get it a hundred percent right and be there and we get it and we're good. No. And one of the things that I want to say about, you know, back to this idea of like judgment is 
I see so many people on the allyship road right now, which is awesome. It's fucking amazing. But what I don't like is when someone who's on the 16th mile of this road turns around and says to the person on the fourth mile, like, where the fuck have you been? But then there's people who are on the 10,000th mile. And, and guess what? The road is infinite. And so let's just celebrate that we're all on the fucking road in the first right. place right now. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. And so that is what I say to myself. And that's what I, I would say to a lot of white women, to be frank, that I see like kind of holding themselves more righteous than the other. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we're never going to get there. It's the fact that we're all headed in the same direction should be celebrated, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not condemned. Right. That's so true. I've seen so much of that. Me too. Um, Sucks. On social media. And it's just, it's such a time waste too. It's like we yeah. could be having the conversations that we need to be having. Right. Instead of, yeah. And if you see, I don't know, just move on. You know, you don't like it, just move on. Just move on. And it's like, check yourself. Like, who yeah. are you to correct? Like, have have you read 400 books on re- anti-racism? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Have you taught a class on it? I don't think so. So don't come up in my Instagram comments and and tell me that I said this in the wrong way. Right. <laughs> like, you know, totally. like, yeah. that to me makes me so mad. It's just and wasted how do you energy. Res- how would you recommend, like, as a personal branding, as, like, put on your business owner hat, how would you recommend someone handle that? Like, if I, you know, I definitely got a couple comments and I chose to ignore them. Yes. But what would your be, what would your professional recommendation be? I mean, it depends on the comments. Just know that when you comment back, that's advertising for your brand, right? Mm -hmm. People read those. So I would check yourself because the internet is written in ink. You know, even if you delete it, someone saw it, someone could screenshot it. So check yourself. Like it's hard right now because we're in a state of reaction and emotion, but take a deep breath. And if you really, really have something else, something powerful you or like you want to clap back, do it in DM. But know that everything is in writing, right? Mm-hmm. And you just have to really, really, so business hat. I mean, every day in an email, when I write clients, when I write my staff, like think about it in the same way. It's your, it's your brand reputation and you can't erase what's in writing. And so if you, if you have someone who's confronting you, that you feel like you can meet them with love and groundedness, that's always going to make you look good, <laughs> right? It's always going to be a positive reflection on you. Um, And if you're coming from a place of anger and nastiness, just really, really caution yourself. Think, think like not just twice, but four or five times about it before you post it. Totally. Don't you think it's also helpful to like, when you were talking, I was like, yes, 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 yes. And like being curious about that, like instead of being, why did you, you know, that's not true. It's like, I'm curious as to why you read into that in that way. Like what it like, I think getting curious is a really good way to bridge this gap of misunderstandings because then it allows that person to sort of speak to where they're coming from and, and everybody loves feeling heard. So it's like being curious instead of being judgmental or assuming that you know what they meant by that comment because there's, it's I mean, you're, I don't know, like, like you told me the story about the person who you had a phone call with. Yeah. You, you know, you're watching that story and, and something triggered you and you, you got curious about what that meant. Yes. That was, that's a great example. I mean, I was watching this black man's video on social and he, I was cheering for the whole thing. And then he made a comment about Look at all these white women in Wicker Park walking their dogs, drinking Starbucks, going to yoga like nothing has happened. And I looked at I was like triggered by that because I'm a white woman who lives in Wicker Park, who has a dog who goes to Starbucks and takes yoga in my neighborhood. Like (laughs) that could have been me. All the things. And I was like, I was like offended. I was confused. I was hurt. I was like, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it. I'm on the road to allyship. Like I really am. I'm trying so hard to do do better. And so what did I do wrong by being a white woman in my neighborhood going about her life? 
And so I reached out to him in a reaction on a DM, basically like, and I was very kind. And I just said, Hey, you know, you said something. I I love, I started with, I loved your video. It meant a lot to me. I really appreciated what you had to say. You said something in it that really triggered me. And I want to understand where, like, I didn't even say triggered. I said, I had a reaction to something you said, and I'd like to understand it because I'm just seeking to understand. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I said. And this is a very well-known D, D&I expert, TED Talk like guy, very sophisticated, like expert in the space of, of the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, man, he, he fucking wrote me back. And he's like, you want to talk on the phone? <laughs> That's, I love it. That's awesome. And That's we talk. Awesome. Yeah. So I hope your audience takes a page maybe from that. Just like, yeah, you never know. I love that. If, if you yeah. come with kindness. And seeking to understand, what, seeking to understand. what that meant. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Thanks. This has been such a, like, I feel like we could talk forever. Well, duh. Ever, ever, ever. Um, we and can. we probably will do it again. But what? Okay. So I asked this to all my... Um, my guests, and I know you'll have a dope ass answer for me, but what, how do you live your dope ass life? What does that mean to you? Uh, from my heart. Mm. I love really, really deeply. And I feel really, really deeply. And I've been able to own that as a superpower. I love that. I absolutely love that. And yet, and that comes across um, not only right now, but um, in your in your business as a leader, as a friend, in your literal Instagram feed. And that speaks so much to what you you practice, what you preach. And um, it's just that's so apparent. And that could be your that could be your mission statement. That could be your bio. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it just as I said earlier, like how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. And that is how you show up. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And I know that this will be an episode that my listeners will treasure and listen to. So I hope so. so much. They usually probably are used to making you making them laugh because you're ho- fucking hilarious. And today we went <laughs> real deep and talked about all the things. But that's so- okay, because that's part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now's not the time. I mean, it's not always time for a joke. And um, yeah, so yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you so much. I love you too. This has been so great. Amazing. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Dante Thirty Two.